Thank you. Good morning. It is good to see you here. I'm going to use your music stand if that's all right, Mr. Phillip. All right, thank you. Well, how many of you are ready for Thanksgiving? Let me see a hand. Come on. All right. Here's the better question. I want to see a show of hands for how many of you are going to be cooking this week. Let's see. All right, look around, because you may want to pick out a house to go to. I don't know. <laughs> My other question is, how many of you raise your hands are glad you're not cooking this week? Let me see. All right, I, I knew it. I knew there'd be a whole lot more for that. All right. Good to be here this week, and it is Thanksgiving, and um, Jerry has already made mention of the fact that it's one of his favorite seasons. I think he likes to eat. He likes being with family, as we all do, and I feel the same way. Um, Rudyard Kipling is a name you may recognize. Rudyard Kipling wrote the book, The Jungle Book, that the movie Walt Disney made uh, was based upon. And he was a very famous uh, British author and poet. He'd made a lot of money writing. And one day he was approached by a very cynical newspaper reporter who said, Mr. Kipling, I'm told that if we took all the money you've made, and averaged it out that your words add up to about $100 a word. Mr. Kipling said, wow, I, I didn't realize that. Never done the math. So a cynical reporter pulled a $100 bill out of his pocket, held it in front of Mr. Kipling, and he said, give me one of your $100 words. Mr. Kipling thought for a moment, took the $100 bill out of the reporter's hand, put it in his pocket, and he said, thanks. And, you know, uh, thanks is a $100 word, but it really is, is a million-dollar word if we think about it. Here's why. Thankfulness is something that we should possess in our lives. And not just the words, being able to say thank you, but the idea or the attitude of thankfulness is something that, that should be present in all of our lives. And Scripture tells us that our thanksgiving should be continual and daily. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. Because if any nation in the world should be thankful to God for His goodness. It should be America, right? And if any group of people within America should be thankful to God for goodness, shouldn't it be Christian people? I want to take it a step further. If any group of Christians should be thankful to God for His goodness, it should be the folks right here at Christ Community Church. Folks, we've been blessed. We have an awesome church, leadership, uh, God has continued to bring new people our way. We get to serve in our community. We've got a great building to worship in, and, and there's all of that good stuff that God's doing. We're going to hear more about that tonight in, in our uh, covenant members' meeting and dinner. But we are blessed people. And uh, Thanksgiving is something that should, should bring out all of those attitudes and ideas of thankfulness within our lives. When you came in, you saw probably on your chair or on one next to you an index card. I'm going to ask everyone here to take an index card or, here's the other option, take your phone out. Some of you prefer to, to make notes on your phone. But during the course of the next few minutes as we look at Scripture and talk together about thankfulness, I'm going to challenge you just to write down every time God brings something to mind that you should be thankful for, just jot it down. Whatever it is, it might be your job, maybe your family, uh, maybe it's your salvation. 
Maybe it's the fact that you had a, a warm car to drive here in this morning. Maybe you had a great night's sleep last night. Maybe it's some difficult circumstance that you've been through, and you're thankful that God brought you through that. Maybe it's what he's been teaching you in, in your own life. And, may, hey, maybe it's you're thankful you don't have to cook this week, all right? Whatever it is, write it down, and uh, we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later. Uh, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture. Our primary text this morning as we start is 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. It's the one that, that Jerry actually referred to as he was welcoming us this morning. And here's what it says. Give thanks in all circumstances. And you could insert the words here, no matter what they are. Give thanks in all circumstances, no matter what they may be. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. Or this is the will of God for you who are Christ's followers. Now, folks, we need to understand, first of all, that this is not a recommendation. It's, it's not simply a suggestion that Paul was making. It is a command. He's saying, as a Christ follower, you are to be thankful. It's not an option for us. It's an obligation. Much in the same way, it's an obligation for us to give to our church or to serve through our church. That's an obligation. And Paul is saying here, it's an obligation that you also give thanks. And that would be much easier for us to... to see this scripture and to obey it if it said give thanks in good circumstances or if it said give thanks in most circumstances we, we could probably do that but it says give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of Christ Jesus and so that's what it says be thankful give thanks in all circumstances now I want you to notice Paul didn't say here give thanks for all circumstances. There's a difference. Paul is saying give thanks in all circumstances. He's not saying if you've got a rebellious child, be thankful for the rebellion in your child. That's not what he's saying. Uh, if, if you've lost your job, he's not saying be thankful that you've lost your job. He's saying be thankful in that circumstance. Paul's not saying if you've, if you've got a terminal illness or cancer, be thankful for that. He's saying be thankful in that. And so it's important that we notice that. And we can all be thankful in circumstances like that if we have the right perspective. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. What's it mean to have the right perspective at this season of the year when we talk about Thanksgiving? Because you see, our thankfulness is really an expression of whether or not we have faith in God. Do we trust God? Do we recognize him as sovereign and faithful to meet our needs, to provide for us, to protect us? You see, God has promised that he won't test us beyond what we're able to handle. And so because of that, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what I'm going through, I can trust God. I can give thanks to him in that circumstance. Here's why. Because if I'm in it, God has allowed it, whatever that it is. You see, nothing happens in your life, nothing happens in my life that God hasn't filtered through his hands. Everything that we go through, everything that we experience, all of that is filtered through the hands of a loving Heavenly Father who wants the best for you. Now, Scripture doesn't say that we're to give thanks after we've been through those circumstances. 
It says in those circumstances. If it said give thanks after you've been through them, that'd be a little easier, wouldn't it? I mean, think about things you've been through in your life that were difficult or hard. And, and looking back, sometimes you can say, you know what, I can see where God used that. I, I can see why that was, that was needed. But in the middle of it, it's hard to do sometimes. But that's what he's encouraging us to do. He's saying, be thankful in it. Give thanks in everything because God is still in control. You know, a, a great Old Testament illustration of this is found in the prophet Job. If you know the story of Job, he, he had some difficult circumstances that he went through. And I wouldn't say difficult, I'd say horrible circumstances. Scripture tells us that, that gangs came into his property and, and they killed all of his livestock. Now, now, keep in mind, his livestock would have been his livelihood. So they come in, they, they didn't, wasn't like they just killed the family cat or dog. I mean, they took his livelihood. They killed all of his livestock. They murdered his servants. They stole his camels. Now, you could take it a step further. The camels would have been his transportation. Somebody's come in, they've taken your livelihood. They've killed servants, people that you work with and know. Now they've taken your transportation. All of that is going on. And Job's family gathers at the son, at his oldest son's house. And while they're in his son's house, the scriptures tell us the house falls and all of his family is killed. Can you imagine? Doesn't that sound like a horrible thing for anyone to have to go through? And yet if we look at scripture, look at this passage up here, Job 1.21, here's what it says. Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, blessed or praised be the name of the Lord. Job was able in the midst of that circumstance to fall down and to worship God. Folks, that's tough. I mean, but, but he did that because he loved God. He had, a, he had a perspective unlike what many of us have. I know Sherry and I went through a circumstance, and, and in that circumstance we were reminded of what Job had done. And we were... We were challenged, but we were also encouraged by Job's actions, by his behavior. Because Job acknowledged that you come into the world with nothing, and you're going to go out of the world with nothing. Sherry and I, our first child, uh, Brian, it was his name. And she carried Brian nine months and went to the doctor on a Friday. And when she went to the doctor on Friday, they did test and determined that the heartbeat heartbeat was fine everything looked good doctor sent us out of the office encouraging us that probably in a few days or a week you're going to have a new baby you know it's all, all all looks good that was on friday well on monday she went into labor and so we went to the hospital and we called all our family and said you know come meet us at the hospital we're getting ready to have a child this is our first one so grandparents gather at the hospital and as we're going in there to have this child and she's in labor they hook her up to all the instruments and all of a sudden they realize there's no heartbeat Sometime during the weekend, the umbilical cord had, had found itself around his neck, and, and he passed. And in the midst of that, I remember telling Sherry, you know, we're grieving, we're crying, we're upset. But I remember saying to her, you know, Job went through a similar thing, and, and I think we just need to thank God right now in the midst of this. Thank God for his death? No. But thank God for who he is and how he's going to walk with us through this? Yes. 
And so we did, even while family was still outside the waiting room, thinking that we were going to be having a baby to show them at any moment, we in our tears just thanked God for who he was. One of the most difficult things we've ever done. But God used that circumstance. And I don't have time to tell you all about it, but God used that in so many ways in our life and in the lives of others. And so while you're in the middle of it, we need to be thankful. Thankful to God for who he is. I'm going to share with you a New Testament example of what I'm talking about. You'll remember that the Lord, just before his, his crucifixion, he, he's, he's gathered the disciples in the upper room, and he's partaking of the Lord's Supper, something that we do every week. We remember the body and, and the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins. And so we take communion together, and we thank God for that. But Jesus has gathered his disciples together in the upper room, and, and in this process, he, knowing what he is about to face, explains to his disciples how I want you to take communion. I, I want you to do this. As often as you do, think about me. Think about the body that, that's going to be brutally broken, the blood that's going to be shed. Think about the fact that I am going to be damned by the wrath of God for the sins of the world. And in spite of all of that, Jesus said, thank you, God, and was teaching his disciples to be thankful to God. Folks, that's what it means to have a proper perspective on thanksgiving. That's the only way that we can show thankfulness in all things is when we realize that doing the will of the Father is more important than me being satisfied or comfortable. When we really want God's will to be done in our lives, when it's all about what He wants, we will be willing to go through whatever it takes, difficult, sad, or hard, or good, or happy. We're willing to do it so that He might be honored, so that He might be lifted up so that his name might be known. You know, this first passage, the passage we read, 1 Thessalonians 5, it said, be thankful in all circumstances, but here's what it says, is the will of God. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So again, it's about knowing what is God's will. It's about wanting what God wants. And there is nothing I don't think that's worse than being able to look at someone and say they are ungrateful or unthankful. Have you ever been around people who were ungrateful? Have you ever been around people who just, they were just unthankful for it? It didn't matter what happened. There was griping and murmuring and complaining going on. I've, I've been around those people, and you have too. We don't like them. I don't like to be around them. But I have to tell you, honestly, there have been times I found myself as that person because I didn't have the right spirit, didn't have the right attitude. And I wasn't happy about the way things were going. I wasn't thinking about God's will being most important. Here's why thankfulness, not only the words, but the attitude of thankfulness, here's why it is expected of those of us who are Christ followers. If you are a Christ follower, here's why thankfulness is expected. Because Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1 that being ungrateful or being unthankful is really the mark of, of someone that doesn't know Christ. Look at this scripture. Here's what it says. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. So Paul's helping us to understand that ungrateful people are, are, are people who don't know Christ. Or let me flip that around, because that's not always true. But those who don't know Christ 
many times are, are ungrateful. And if we're ungrateful and unthankful, that's the mark of an unbeliever. And so it's saying to people, you know what? He may not be a, a Christ follower if he's not thankful, if he's not grateful. Um, being unthankful is not just a failure to say thank you. Again, it, it's attitudes, it's actions, but it's also this. It's the symptom of unbelief. It's a sign of our spiritual poverty. When we're unthankful and ungrateful for what God has done in our lives, there is, it shows that we aren't very spiritually mature. We're not taking for, I mean, we are taking for granted what God has done. The blessings of life, the protection he provides you and I, the security, all of the things he's done in our lives. And, and here's why. Because the opposite is true. When we're thankful, it is a sign of our faith. When you are thankful, when I am thankful in circumstances around me, I am saying I can be thankful because I trust God. I can be thankful in everything because God is at work and doing things through me. The, the, the level of our thankfulness is kind of like a thermometer would be. You know, we take a thermometer and we put it in the mouth of someone that we think might be sick. We read the thermometer and it tells us if they have a fever, if their temperature's high or, or whatever it might be. And we diagnose them, th their physical health, based on that reading of the thermometer. And the same is true based on Scripture that our level of thankfulness tells us the spiritual maturity or the health of someone. And so if we're thankful in all things, then that shows we're, we're, we're growing in Christ, we're spiritually mature. But if we go around grumbling and complaining and we're not thankful, then it shows we're not spiritually mature. It gives us a level of spiritual health. What I wonder is this. If we were to take our spiritual temperature this morning based on our level of thankfulness, what would yours be? What, what would mine be? I was able to stick that thing in there and say, how thankful am I, really? Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, have you written something down? Continue to write things down as God brings them to mind on your card or on your phone. Don't forget to do that. Look at another scripture with me, Ephesians 5.20. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the word always, and notice the word for everything. Now, it says give thanks to God, okay? Again, we may not always be thanking God for those things, but we're thanking God in those things, okay? First um, Thessalonians said be thankful in all circumstances. Ephesians 5 says be thankful for everything, always, all the time. Does it really mean that? Yeah, it does. I, I believe the Word of God is it's literal there. The will of God is that you and I grow and mature in our faith. And I don't know about you, but I don't grow as much in the easy times as I do in the hard times. It's when I go through the difficult times that I seem to reach out for God. It's in those hard circumstances that I, I tend to move to God and say, Lord, I need you. And so it's in those times that I tend to grow. And so those difficult things that are hard to thinking for are really necessary for me. I think it's important that we understand that everything that happens in our lives happens for a purpose. Not just a purpose, but really God's purpose in our lives. Because you see, He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature to be more like Him. And in our house, we have this, we have this phrase, we don't believe in accidents. Okay, It's not an accident that this happened or an accident that that happens. We call them God incidents. 
Because I believe that everything that happens happens for a purpose that God has ordained, that God has orchestrated in order to do in me what he wants to do, in order to use me to influence others. There's a passage of Scripture that we often misquote. It's Romans 8, 28. And I want you to look at this. Here's what it says. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Now, many people stop right there. And they assume that this passage means that if we love God, that everything's going to be good. That's not what it says. Look at it closely. It says, and we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. Here it is. For those who are called according to to his purpose. Whose purpose are you living for? You see, if I'm living for my purpose, man, I want the easy stuff. I want the good stuff. I'm selfish. But if I'm really living for God's purpose, then I'm saying, God, whatever you send my way, I am going to accept and trust you for, whatever that looks like. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do, folks. But that's what it means to have the proper perspective at this season of the year that we call Thanksgiving. It's important that we realize God's purpose and will for our life is most important. Being thankful all the time for everything is only possible when we're controlled by the Holy Spirit and God is working through us. Again, it's God's will, not mine. Um, you know, when we find ourselves in a difficult situation, we may think, you know, um, this, this is crazy to think that I'm, I'm going to thank God in that. I mean, this is like crazy stuff when you read it. You think, how is this even possible? But think with me for just a moment. The opposite of giving thanks, being grateful for something, is murmuring, complaining, grumbling. And Philippians 2, Paul addressed this, this attitude. And here's what he said in Philippians 2. He said, do all things without grumbling or murmuring so that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. You see, Paul was saying, do all things without grumbling and murmuring. Everything. Why? Because when we do that, we prove that we're children of God. We become a light for a world that's dark and hard and lonely and needs to see hope. And that's what happens. You know, I used to tell my kids, you get up every morning and you make a choice. Is it going to be a good day or a bad day? And you decide how you're going to respond to that day. It doesn't mean that everything that comes in the day is going to be good, but it means you can respond accordingly. You can respond appropriately to that. And that's what this means to have a proper perspective on Thanksgiving. Here's, let me show you an example. When something happens in our life, we have a choice. Are we going to be thankful in that? Are we going to grumble and complain? When something comes our way, are we going to be ungrateful? Are we going to complain and murmur and grumble? The word gratitude comes from the same root word as the word grace. And that's important to note because if we have experienced the grace of Jesus Christ in our hearts and we know Christ and we follow him, that grace in us helps us, allows us to be able to be grateful in all circumstances. And so why would we whine and complain and gripe if we have the grace of God in our lives? Let's show faith and be thankful for things. I don't know if you have ever read this book. It's been out a number of years. It's an older book, and you would expect that from an older guy, right? This book's called The Hiding Place. Has anybody here read The Hiding Place? 
It's an older book uh, written by a lady named Corey Tinboom. Corey Tinboom uh, was lived in Amsterdam during Nazi Germany World War II era, and she and her family protected and hid uh, Jews from the from the Nazis who were trying to destroy them. You know that. And they hid people in their home, and as they did so, they eventually were caught and captured themselves. And so Betsy and Corey Tinboom were sentenced to a prison camp. They were sent to one of the worst prison camps that existed. It was called Ravensbrook. And in Ravensbrook, when they were pushed into this barrack with a lot of other people, it was crowded beyond imagination. The beds they slept on weren't beds necessarily. They were really boards. Sometimes they had blankets. Sometimes they didn't. They were crowded. There was about two or three people on each what you would call a, or what was supposed to be a bed. But the main thing is it was flea infested. And I can't imagine living in those kind of conditions in cold conditions where the rain or snow would come through the roof and the wind would blow through the cracks in the walls and to beat it all, it's flea infested and you have no place to sleep. And once they were in that place, Betsy reminded Corey of God's word and she said, Corey, you need to thank God. We need to be thankful to God that we have even this. And Corey just was refused. She said, Betsy, I can't be thankful for this. This is horrible. Why would God want us to have anything like this? And at some point later, she came to the place where she was able to thank God for where they were and for what they had. She began to praise God and just thank Him. Lord, I know it could be even worse. And as months went on, they began to have worship services. The, 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 the people in this concentration camp could share scriptures. They could sing songs. They could pray. They worshiped together. And never once did the guards interrupt. And it was only after that that they came to understand the reason the guards didn't interrupt was because of the fleas. So you see, God has a purpose for everything in our life. Are you able to thank him? Are you able to say, Lord, thank you for this? Lord, thank you in this. You see, we won't be thankful in all circumstances and for everything if we don't have the proper perspective. We have to desire God's will. The Apostle Paul some of you, you may be thinking, well, it's easy for Paul to write these words that, he's, that we've read this morning. You know, give thanks in all things, be thankful in all circumstances. Let me remind you, it, it wasn't easy for Paul. He'd been imprisoned. He'd been whipped. I mean, he was run out of several towns. He was stoned. He was left for dead, shipwrecked. I mean, the guy experienced everything you can imagine in terms of bad stuff. And yet he says all of this. But how does he do it? How can he be thankful in all circumstances? Here is what it says in Philippians 1.12. Philippians 1.12 says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that this what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Do you see that? Paul recognized that what was happening in his life, he was willing to endure so that the gospel might be advanced, so that God's will could be accomplished. That's why it's important that we have that kind of perspective when it comes to being thankful. I want to share with you one last story. Many of you, I think, knew my father, Dave Colvin. Dave was a member here at this church. He came and he was on a walker uh, most of the time. But prior to coming here, he had prostate cancer. And he would go to the cancer center there and he would, he would get his treatments. And he'd go several times a week and he would be sick and 
he would be uncomfortable, and you can imagine all that goes with that. And because he was going regularly, he began to know others like him who were also going regularly. They would get to talk and be with each other. And after going through that for a period of months, I remember very well when he said to me something that I thought was the strangest thing at that time. He said, I know why I had cancer, and I'm thankful I had to go through that. I thought, wow, this would be good. (laughs) What in the world are you talking about? And he began to share that while going through the cancer treatments, he would go in and he had met several people, but one man in particular he had met and developed a relationship with. And as he would go in week after week, he would begin to talk, share his story, get to know this man. And it came to the point where he was able to share the gospel with a man who was in the cancer center. And that man came to know Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. That's what he was excited about. That's why he was thankful in that circumstance. So it's all about having the right perspective. We have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? It's important that we get everything in the right perspective because we go through circumstances that aren't easy and we need to be thankful for all that we have, even that that we don't have. Do we want God's will to be accomplished in our life? I've got a, a little pebble here that I brought in to kind of show this illustration here. If this, this pebble represents trouble, difficulty, and circumstances in our lives. Each of us have that. We do in different forms. We all experience this this stuff that's not good, the stuff that can make us better, but it's not good. If I put it really, really close to my eye, I, I, can, I mean, I can see it. I can't see anything else, and, and I can't even see it very clear, okay? But it, it, it takes the precedence over everything. If I put it out here and get it in a little better perspective, I can see it very clearly, and, and it, it brings clarity to the rock, a little stone, But at the same time, you all are all blurry. You're not very clear. But if I take this stone, place it on the ground where it really belongs, now it's nothing more than just a simple little bump or rock on the road to eternity. Folks, we have to get things in the right perspective if we're really going to be thankful during this season of Thanksgiving. I want you to bow your heads and take the, the index card or the phone, and I want you just to read through the things that you wrote down and take a moment in this silence and just thank God for those, would you? Just read back through them and thank God for what you've written down, for those things that he's brought to your attention. Father, thank you for what you do in our lives, not just what you give to us, but who you are to us. Thank you, Father, for the good and the difficult. Help us, Father, to have the perspective that honors you, that, that draws people to you, a perspective, Father, that would help us to desire your will far above our own. And Father, I just pray that um, we would all be thankful to you this year, this season, this week, and this day coming up, that we would be grateful. Lord, we love you, and we have so much to be thankful for, most importantly, your son Jesus, and for the difference that he makes in our lives. 
And so, Father, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.